consider there is a uh, there is a famous uh, Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light. Among thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. You know who that's talking about? Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I'm thankful that Jesus was born. Amen. I want to draw your attention to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. We'll read down through verse 18. I want to read the whole chapter, but I dare not. Uh, It's all so good. And um, I know you love the word of God, but I'm going to try to focus on just these few verses here. Hebrews 2 verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Boy, that lit lit you up real good. Through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Verse 15, And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We've been delivered. Verse 16, this is where we'll focus. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. That's very important. Wherefore, or for this reason, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. He is able to secure them that are tempted. The Lord is able, and he's able for a very specific reason. Verse 16 says, He took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on the seed of Abraham. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, in your spirit that's here tonight, I pray you allow us to hear, Lord, your word. Mix it with faith and receive it. I pray, Lord, you speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Let us to understand what this time of the year is all about. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. If you'll help me preach, I won't preach very long. Amen. So let's help one another. Good to have all of you in church tonight. We got some that uh, uh, are not here tonight. Got sickness going around. I do want to mention uh, next Sunday, 930 service. Of course, it's Christmas Eve, so there'll be a abbreviated uh, time of worship at 9.30. We're not having two services. And then the next Sunday is New Year's Eve, and we're back to a regular schedule, Sunday school and morning worship. So just to make you aware of that. Christmas is a very special time. This is a timeless message, though. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16 is a timeless message. But it's very appropriate to think about in this season of the year in Christmas time. 
In fact, I would say to you that Christmas is the day. Now, I know it wasn't on December the 25th, and I understand all of that. I'm not going to get into an argument about what specific day it was, and so let's not say anything about it until we know exactly the specific day. Well, I want to say whatever day it was, whatever day Christmas happened, that Jesus Christ was born, on that day, God bestowed upon me a dignity that I could have never earned. I want you to understand how what Christmas ought to mean to us. In fact, in this passage in, in Hebrews 2 verse 16, it says that the Lord did not take on, Jesus did not take on the nature of angels, but he took on the seed of Abraham. Now, in that little phrase, we find uh, two things mentioned, angels and men. Everybody say angels, and everybody say men, the seed of Abraham, or the children of Abraham. Now, both of these, angels and men, had lost their way. And in this passage, we find where so the supposed writer Paul in the book of Hebrews, or some feel like he wrote it, uh, we find that in this path, this one verse, that Jesus Christ made a choice of what or who to redeem, and he redeemed me. Now, now that ought to make the Christmas lights a little brighter. <laughs> that ought to make the nativity scene a little more precious. Because when Jesus, when it was, it was, and the time and the season had come in the fullness of time, the Bible says, when it came time for God to put on a body, the Bible says that he chose not the nature of angels, but he chose the seed of Abraham. Now that's very important. So, uh, in fact, if I would say it this way, God has privileged men uh, even above the animal kingdom. Think about it. Uh, uh, David said, oh, that if I, I would like to be a bird that I could fly away and leave my troubles. I've thought about uh, the cat that occupies uh, that that uh, doesn't pay rent, but it's a renter, uh, a tenant, no less, in my on my property. <laughs> and I think about that cat when I go in the morning and and see the cat laying in the bed, and I come home and I see the cat laying in the bed, and I think, you know, all you got to do is eat and sleep and use the litter box every once in a while. What a life! <laughs> But God gave privileges to men that he did not give to the animal kingdom. In fact, the Bible says, who teaches us more than the beast of the earth and maketh us wiser than the fowls of heaven. That's what God gave to man. Now, I learned through divine revelation that I enjoy what angels, I understand this also, I'm, I'm higher than the animal kingdom, and I also know that I'm enjoying something that angels will never experience. 
Now, I want you to think about that. It is a strange comparison here in Hebrews 2, verse 16. It's a strange comparison, angels and the seed of Abraham. And in fact, uh, 2 Peter 2 and 11 says that angels are greater in power. That we are made a little lower. Everybody say a little lower. You and I, in fact... It's in this chapter. We are made a little lower than the angels. We, we are above the animal kingdom, but we're below the created beings called angels. In fact, the Bible speaks much about this, and this is a time of year we think about angels and uh, the, the angel at the, on the manger scene and, and all of those things. But And angels are immortal. Angels are ministering spirits. But what about the seed of Abraham? Job chapter 13. 30 says that humanity, the seed of Abraham, they are dust and ashes. Job 17, 14 tells us in simple terms, I have said to corruption, thou art my father, and I said to the worm, thou art my mother and my sister. You can't argue with that when you see a loved one begin to battle debilitating disease and their body begins to uh, go frail on them and you realize that life is ebbing away. You can't argue with to dust we shall return and we're kin to this earth and yes uh, there's not much glamour in the human race when you compare it to angels in fact Paul said in Philippians 3 who shall change our vile body everybody say vile body <laughs> and the older we get the more our, our body's going to break down angels don't have that problem angels move in the realm of heaven my place is is here in the dust where there's flies and mosquitoes and fleas and moss and spiders and, and crawling worms and snakes. That's my realm. That's not the angel's realm. And when I consider that, let me ask you this question. Who in this room, if you were given a choice, you would take the worse and, and leave the better? In other words, when you're picking your team for the softball game, you start with the worst person, the worst player, or you go to the buffet line and you pass up the fried chicken and the roast beef and you go to the beef liver. <laughs> I mean, you just, whatever it is that you think's the worst, you go to that first and you leave the best on the plate. No, that's not the way any of us move. We always move toward the best and we leave the worst. Yet the Bible says that God in no wise, in other words, he never gave it a second thought. He, he had a choice. Should I move in the realm of the heavenlies and take on the nature of an angel or should I go for the worst? The seed of Abraham. And when it came time for a choice, the Bible said he never had a second thought about it. He refused the nature of angels and he took on the seed of humanity. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he was born in Bethlehem, whether it was in April or December or March or whenever it was. I'm glad there's a Christmas. Come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. He granted me something that he denied, the angels. Think about this. This much I do know. Angels can sin. They have sinned, and when they fled, 
I want you to think about this. When they did sin and they were cast out of the presence of God, did God go looking for any of them? Did God go seeking for any of them? No, he did not. He let them go just as fast as they had come. They have no promises. They have no gospel. They have no evangelist or no missionary. They cannot go to a church service and hear how to get it straightened out. But when man fell, when you and I sinned, no, God mobilized everything in heaven to pursue one lost sheep. Oh, I don't know about you, but I like that about Christmas. The manger is more than presents and tinsel. Christmas is more than just joy to the world. It's about Jesus. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Yeah. See, he had somebody to save. He could save one third of them that marched off or he could save the damaged mankind that lived in this terrestrial realm. And when man fell, God said, I can't let him go. I'm going after him. And that's what Christmas is all about. In fact, Jesus said it when he told the story of the lost sheep. What did he do? He left 99 in the fold and he searched all night until he found the one and laid it on his shoulders and brought him home again. Jesus is telling you of a decision he made before the foundation of the world. He decided, I'm not gonna save the angels, but I'm gonna save Adam and I'm gonna save him children and I'm going to save the seed of humanity and I'm glad he did I said I'm glad he did so I can sing joy to the world the Lord has come oh give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight the Bible says that Jesus said that he searched for that lamb until he found it everybody say he searched until he found it. You hear what he's saying? That's telling me that Jesus came himself after me. He did not take on himself the nature of angels because it wasn't angels he was going after. No, he was coming after you and he was coming after me. It means that God said, hey, I gotta get me a body because I'm going to redeem humanity. And if you don't understand that, sir, then Christmas is just another holiday. But it's more than a holiday to me because Jesus thought I was worth getting a body for. Well, let's worship the Lord right now. Peace of God cover us. I want you to recognize how valuable you are tonight. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. In five months, I'll be 55 years of age. There's a lot of things I haven't done in 55 years. Some things I'm glad for that I haven't done. There's some things I wish I could have accomplished before now, and they're still not done. Hello? 
But Jesus didn't waste any time coming after me. In fact, the Bible tells us before his 34th birthday, he found me. I want you to think about that. Some of you weren't even thinking straight when you were 34. (laughs) But before he even turned 34 on this earth, he had found me. You say, well, I'm not, well, in the final moments of his search, there was such intensity that in the Garden of Gethsemane, his sweat became great drops of blood. That's what he did for me. He was so anxious to find me that he prayed so hard, his sweat became blood. Now you don't wonder why I love him like I do. You wonder why I'm not distracted by this world because Jesus did that for me. Oh, yeah. So when I think about that, I begin to wonder what is there in me that he loved? Think about this. What is it in me that he loves, but he didn't love in an angel that sinned? Because they sinned as well before I was ever around. Why did he look for me and not look for them? In their world, right now, think about this. There's no Christmas, there's no lights, there's no joy, there's no exchanging of gifts, there's no Merry Christmas, there's no headlines of hope or progress. In fact, the Bible tells us in Second Peter, and I'm not gonna get into all this tonight, there's a whole bunch here, but in Second Peter, it tells us that there's a group of those angels that are chained right now in darkness awaiting their judgment. Now think about this. They are chained in darkness. They never get any good news. If you think this world is rotten, think about where they're at right now. They're in utter darkness, chained. They, they're not free to move. They're not free to come and go. They are waiting their judgment. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad the Lord saved me. You ought to be the most gracious people under the face of the earth. You ought to be the most happy people on the face of the earth. You ought to be the most joy. Oh, you're not hearing me. Come on, Walmart ought to be filled with God's people that are smiling, saying, I know this is more than just presents and tinsel and jingle bells and Rudolph. This is about Jesus coming to save me. Well, I like that old song. How many like some of those old songs? Some of those old songs. Yeah, there's one of them that was quite interesting. I don't know if they knew it physiologically to be true, although we know now it is physically true. The old song went like this. Smile a while and give your face a rest. See, you know that one, don't you? I wonder why you don't live it. We know it, but we're not going to act on it. It actually, it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. Those old timers didn't even know they were right, but they sung it anyway. Smile and give yourself a face a rest. 
Turn to your neighbor and tell them your face needs a nap. <laughs> yeah, it needs a rest. Smile. See, you look better when you're smiling. Look over here. Look over. And I just want to go on record. I haven't ever seen so many reindeer shirts and sweatshirts in all my born days. Joyce went and bought a reindeer shirt and then everybody got a reindeer shirt. And I'm like, what? okay, what? did I miss a club or something? Reindeers have hit the scene this year. Well, I want to tell you, Christmas is not about reindeers. <laughs> in fact, they come running around here, they might, uh, they might be made into sausage. Brother Tim Gerald brought me some deer sausage and jalapeno and cheese in it. Buddy, Santa comes even close to my house. <laughs> he may be having to use a hoverboard or a drone to get around because, isn't that right? Especially Matt and his brothers, if they're here in town, they're going to shoot every one of them. <laughs> They'll be tagging, blitzing. <laughs> Hello? This time of the year is about Jesus coming to this earth. And I want you to understand the magnitude of that. He made a choice to go after you. Paul indicates that there was an opportunity for him to take on a nature. And he said, I did not take on the nature of an angel because it wasn't angels I was going after. He took on himself the seed of a woman. That's what Christmas is all about. We ought to be the happiest people at Walmart. When somebody says Merry Christmas, God's people ought to be able to say, oh yes, it is a Merry Christmas. And I'll tell you how merry it is. It should never come out of our mouth. Oh, I can't, I can't stand it this time of year. I'm so sick of this. I'm blah, 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 blah. Do you understand what you're saying? This is the time the world focuses on Jesus coming to this world. This is a prime opportunity for you to say, you know what? We weren't worth it, but he came anyway. We were sinners, but he came anyway. He made a choice to come after me. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord right now. So, if that's the case, then Christmas makes the difference between heaven and hell. Say, oh, now, wait a minute. Christmas, that's, that's a paganistic. And, oh, y'all, boy, you're making a big stretch. Christmas, it makes the difference between heaven and hell. Now, make no mistake about it. I'm talking about the birth of Jesus. When I say Christmas, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Rudolph. Now, you may be thinking Rudolph, but you're well off track. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ determined that the world of everlasting chains of darkness would never be the world I live in. Jesus determined that I cannot let them go without a fight. He determined I cannot let them be lost. He ran after me until his feet bled. He reached after me until his hands bled. He ran for me until he cried, I thirst. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm glad Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And I'm going on record. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord. Your hands are going to get tired. 
So I don't want you to mistake what I'm saying tonight. I'm gonna say it plain so you are not mistaken. Christmas means one thing. It means Jesus. That's what it means. And how did he reach me? He took on the seed of Abraham. Everybody say the seed. Now I'll be done in just a few minutes, but I want you to consider this. When it says he took on himself the seed of Abraham, it does not infer that he said, I will represent them. He actually said, I will be one of them. Paul says in Romans 8 and 3, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. In other words, Jesus did not come and stand before the judge and represent me as some high-priced attorney. No, sir, that is not what Christmas is about. Christmas means that Jesus took my place. It does not mean that he represented me. It means that he became me. He sat where I sit. He was accused like I've been accused. That's why he had to be born. He chained himself. The word means he chained himself to humanity by an irrefutable act. The seed he put on that day angels sang and announced it he could never take off he can't no did you hear what I said the seed he took on at Bethlehem he can't ever take off think about that when he made a choice I'm either going to come as an angel or I'm coming as a man he made a choice to come as a man because it's men he's going after but he could never throw off the nature that he took on. In fact, after he's resurrected, he says to Thomas, handle me. Get your hands on me. I'm still flesh and bone. When you get to heaven, is everybody okay? I thought I was in a Jesus church tonight. I said, when Jesus took, when God took on flesh, he could never put that off. He cannot take it off like you take off a suit coat. In other words, when you get to heaven, you're gonna see him because he still has that same body that he, oh. Yeah, and he's going to be sitting on a throne. And the Bible says we're going to throw our crowns at his feet. That's what happened at Christmas. Oh, I'm thankful for it. Oh, let's give Jesus praise right now. Oh, I love you, Jesus. That seed he took on that day, he never takes off. You can't erase his birth. That's the guarantee of my salvation. Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. It's the guarantee of my salvation. That's why Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, can get a hold of my soul. It's not a story, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. Jesus knows your habits. He knows where to find you. He knows how lonely you are. He knows what you desire more than anything. 
The Bible says he's acquainted with your grief. He has experienced the misery of your sin. You say, well, nobody understands what I've been through. Oh, no. Jesus took on the nature of a man so that he could go to the very depths to reach you and save you. Why did he pity me and not all those angels? When I think about it for a moment, was it because there was a tempter? Huh, well, I'm not sure the angels were tempted. I don't know if they were tempted to leave, but fact of the matter is they fell. No one but God knows the grief on this earth that has been caused by Satan. God knows what kind of damage the devil and his angels have done to this world. Devils assault men. They take men's sanity. The powers of education and science can never silence the torment of the human race. The human race doesn't need sympathy. They need a new birth. Somebody doesn't change because you can sit with them every day and scratch their back and tell them I feel for you. That'll never change a man's heart. Education is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Thank God for Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And I told you early in December, this is the time of year that's one of my favorites. Well, when I think of what he did for me. So why did he choose me over angels? Well, they they were not tempted. And then again, some angels fell while others stood. I need to remember that fact. Not all of them went haywire. But at Eden, it was different. In the Garden of Eden, there were no survivors. I want you to think about it. There were not one-third marching off and two-thirds saying, we're going to stay in the church, Lord. In the Garden of Eden, everybody died. There were no survivors. Every mother's child died in the Garden. The human race was ruined, completely ruined. Would God allow the event to pass into a sealed and mysterious past and just say, you know what, forget it all. And and we find in Genesis 5 where he got close and he said, I'm sorry I ever made it. And he got ready to flood this world and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God made a decision that even though there were no survivors, he made up his mind, I'm gonna redeem them. Isaiah tells us when there was no one to bring salvation, his arm brought it. I don't know if you realize how far God reached for you. I don't know if you realize how much God loves you. And you won't give him the time of day. And he went that far for you. He had a choice. I can either go after angels or I can go after humanity. There's no survivors. They may turn their back on me. They may not listen, but he went anyway. Oh, I love him for that. I've made up my mind to serve him. (laughs) Oh, come on right now. Reach out to the Lord. I'm hurrying to a close. Come on. Somebody needs to hear the Christmas message. Jesus took on himself, not the nature of angels, but the nature, the seed of Abraham. 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 Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. Why Abraham? What is it about this character Paul mentions? He took on him the seed of Abraham. 
what particular signature did I, did the Lord, why is it Abraham? Well, think about Abraham. That covenant with Abraham was a covenant of circumcision. Think about it. I'm not going to go into all of it tonight, but let me jump from Genesis to Galatians 5 that says that when you were circumcised, you became a debtor to do the whole law. You were no longer ignorant. You're a child of Abraham. You're now required to do the whole law. And you know as well as I do that nobody could ever do it. But Jesus came and said, I'm going to take on the seed of Abraham because I'm going to face the demands of the law that nobody could ever live up to. Paul describes that old law as the handwriting against us. Have you ever wondered if there's anything against you at the courthouse? It was a handwriting against you. The record was not good. It was not telling us how great you were. The law was telling us how bad you were. But Jesus came and became subject to that law to free me from the debt of that law. Now it... You are foolish to think that because he came and was born and bled and died that he obliterated the law and now I can lie all I want because he paid the price. No, it means he showed us a better way. I don't... And when he showed me how much he loved me that he would become a debtor to the law so that I could live beyond the law. In other words, I, I, I don't want to lie anymore because of what he did for me. The law just kept telling me how bad I was. But Jesus shows me that I'm worth something. That I don't have to live as a liar or a thief. You see, it's more than thou shalt not. It's Jesus made a way for me to be more than that. It takes more than that. It takes faith. Everybody say faith. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, Paul says. That's what Jesus is doing for me. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Am I hearing what I'm saying? You got to believe that you're worth something to Jesus. You won't even come to God unless you believe that He feels like you're worth saving. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, you'll never seek God if you say, you know what? He wouldn't want a dirty old soul like me. That keeps you out of the altar. But the minute you say, I believe he loves me anyway. Man, they can't keep you away. I don't care how many songs they sing. Nobody's going to keep you from the altar because you know that he loves you. Even though your record's not pure, you know that he can't. 
Oh, let's let, let's raise our hands right now and love him. Come on. Christmas is the deciding day. The deciding day. It's when God decided something for me. (laughs) It's when God decided something for me. It wasn't halfway. It was He decided all the way before I ever lived. He decided all the way for me. Before I was ever born, he was already crucified for me. He decided, not because of my record, not because of my talent, before I ever lived a day, he had already gone all the way for me. Now let me ask you something that's the case then have you decided for him yeah it'll turn you from a half hearted Christian into a fire brand because you'll realize if he would do that for me then I'm not going to be halfway for him either no laugh if you want but I'm going to find my way to the house of God six days you have to do all your business and God said give me one of those days where you come to me and we can fellowship now the world will tell you that you don't have to do all that business that church is just a ritual and just uh, it's it's just history there's nothing to it but God said I'm going to give you six days to get everything done you need done and I want to meet you on that last day I want to walk with you I want you to come and have a Sabbath with me now if God would wrap himself in flesh and decide on my behalf before I ever live today you are sadly mistaken if you think I'm going to live for God half hearted He's going to get everything I've got. He's going to get all that I am. Yes, oh yes he is. I wonder if there's anybody else in here that feels that way. I'm so glad Jesus saved me. When I think about it, I want you to think about the nature of man. Think about the nature of man. We had some notable deaths in 2017. One that just springs to my mind. I'm not sure if it's the Holy Ghost or not. Charles Manson died. Anybody remember Charles Manson? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the nature of man. Let's talk about how low a person can go. I want you to remember that when Jesus decided to save people, he didn't just decide for all the good folks. I want you to think about the Charles Mansons. Those are the ones he went to the cross for. I want you to think about human nature. It's not always angelic. In fact, all you gotta do is look in the mirror. 
Let me talk to you about human nature. Every one of us have things we can't look ourselves in the eye about. We have times where we gossip and backbite and talk about people and say things we shouldn't say. We got times in our lives when we're prejudiced and we're harboring hate for people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's not a one of us that were the nature of angels. We were all human nature. We were all lost humanity. And God decided to take my nature. I want you to think about him in that garden when he keeps pleading three hours worth of pleading. Father, if it be thy will, what? Let this cup pass from me. This is human nature. This is the sin of the world that is about to enter into a holy body. Are you hearing me? He took on my nature. So now, just because I go to the grocery store and people are going to smirk at the way I dress, if he wasn't ashamed to take my nature, am I ashamed to take his? Do I hide my holiness in this culture of do whatever you please? Oh no, I'm not ashamed of who I am. No. I'm a child of the king. <laughs> Say what you want. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. But if he was not ashamed to take on my nature, then bless God, I'm not ashamed to take on his robes of righteousness and say, you know what? I'm better than this. <sighs> they, br- they brought Liam up for prayer tonight. Got a bunch of little babies and young children around here. Have you ever seen anything cuter than a bunch of babies at Christmas time on the stage doing a little Christmas program? Aren't they so beautiful and cute? I wonder if when Charles Manson was born, if they thought, well, there's the next mass murderer. No, every mama says, oh, look at that. He's just a little angel, isn't he? Well, yeah, the end result is not seen in the crib, is it? You don't know that. You have no idea the extent of what's going to happen in that child's life. And it doesn't matter where they go or what they do. They're still your baby. They can be locked up in the penitentiary, but they're still your baby. Are you hearing what I, you have no, you don't have any, you got a little bit of correction. You got a little bit of, you may be, have a little steering when they're young, but before it's over with, you don't have any steering of, of capability. You can't guide them any longer. And you just have to say, Lord, you're going to have to keep your hand on them. But you know what? When I was born, David said that he had already knew every one of my days before I lived one of them. Is everybody okay? All that stuff you think you surprised God with, you didn't surprise God with that. He saw it before you ever lived today. He knew every mistake you were going to make. And you know what? He wasn't ashamed of your birth. Wow. 
that if he wasn't ashamed of my birth, then I'm not ashamed of his. No, in fact, if he accepts my birth, then I'm going to accept his. I'm going to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And I'm not going to be ashamed about it. And I'm not going to be silenced by this world. I'm going to proclaim it. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So come on, it's Christmas time. Anybody want to celebrate Jesus? Anybody want to live for Jesus? Anybody want to live for him? Come on, let's stand together right now. Come on, stand up and give him praise. If you want to live for him, not halfway, I'm talking about all the way. Come on, I'm talking about all the way. Not just on Sunday, every day. Not just on Wednesday, every day. Jesus, I love you, Lord. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice, church. I'm not ashamed to worship him. He was not ashamed to take on my nature. I got one thing to say before we close. We're just going to make this entire church an altar. Is that okay? All right. I want you to think about this. Luke chapter 12 verse 48 says, Unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. Hebrews 2.16 is huge because it says to me, God made a choice to come to earth in a human robe. He came as one of us. And whosoever has been given much, I don't know about you, but we could have not been given any more than God in the flesh. It doesn't get any better than that. I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what it's going to take for you to dedicate your life to the Lord. But you know what? God coming in the flesh is as good as it gets. And to whom has been given much, much shall be required. So, if God did something for me that he would not do for the angels, what kind of judgment what kind of hell awaits a sinner who turns down what angels have never had a chance to receive? What angels desire to look into that they never can find? What kind of judgment awaits a person who refuses the one who speaks to us? We'll tell you something, friend. Jesus loves you. He loves you with all your dirty baggage and all your mess ups. Oh, yes. He wants to partner with you. He wants to take you to a place he's prepared for you. You're the one he came for. So on Christmas, when you gather with your family, maybe they've got a little manger scene somewhere in your house. Maybe. Maybe you ought to find a real prominent place to put it. 
And when you peer into that little manger and you see that little baby Jesus, I want you to remember this. He came for me. He came for me. Yeah, in fact, earlier in the chapter that I said I wish I could read the whole chapter, it says in Hebrews chapter 2, as one of our prophets said, the writer of Hebrews says, I quote one of our old prophets, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou would visit him. None of us deserved Bethlehem, but we got it. Now the choice is mine. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to love his ways. I'm going to love his people. Because Jesus came for me. Would you lift your hands and reach out to the Lord? Come on, I'm calling for saints of God to make a brand new commitment. We're not going to walk down to an altar, but if you, you know what, let's just open the altar. Come on, we might as well. Let's just let's just have a little time around the front. Give me some people that'll say, you know what, I want to rededicate. I want to rededicate. I want to serve the Lord. Come on, from all over the building. Come on. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Come on, Jesus loves you tonight, and that's what Christmas is all about. Come on, Lord, I want to rededicate. I want the peace of God to flood over my life come on come on God wants to give you peace he's not mad at you come on he's not upset with you he loves you come on come on reach out to him how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation come on right now dedicate your life to the